I'm going to give you a little advice. There's a force in the universe that makes things happen. And all you have to do is get in touch with it. Stop thinking. Let things happen. And be the ball. Welcome back to the Be The Ball podcast. It's been quite a while since we've been on, and joining me today is Alf Sydney from Miami Heat Beat. What's going on, Alf? Nothing much, man. How you doing? Doing all right. I mean, I could always refer to you. Are you still the acting uh, Heat Twitter president, or is that has that passed us by? That's, it's a dictatorship. I'm president for life. Okay. So. Okay. Until I die, so. Fair enough. And now we talk a lot about Heat Island. You know, it's this fictitious island, although it's not, not that fake. We on Twitter make it, it seem uh, legitimate. And uh, a lot of people have come and gone. Uh, George Sedano is one of them. <laughs> Who else is his ESPN uh, co-workers? We have uh, Amin Al-Hassan. Amin Al-Hassan. He was there last year. He was the governor, right, of Heat Island. Yeah. He left and he left us in shambles. Sedano abandoned ship before the season, predicting mid-30 wins. And uh, I think it's just you and me, and then everybody started hopping back on, and all yeah, the we ships held, I mean, backed up. We held it down for real. That yeah. that's that's legitimate. We we were the only ones in November and December talking about. I mean, our, our I think our our line was this team is better than their record. We said it over and over again, and we right. were laughed at. Uh, we were jeered, uh, Riz and Adam Smoot, and all the. Twitter intelligentsia uh, were, were trying to dog us out. But, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, we were right. Absolutely. So. And, and people forget that it's with Spo, it takes his teams a while because I think they do some intricate things defensively. Um, obviously, they had a brand-new team from the start. I mean, a completely different makeup. We thought it was just a bunch of one-year rentals. So it takes time. And generally, his teams get better. As the season progresses, I know last year they added Joe Johnson, and and so that makes a big difference. But last year's team was a lot better in the second half. This year's team is a complete flip, just yeah, from results results wise. It's been absolutely amazing. Well, also we we under we we downplayed the health aspect in the beginning of the year. I mean, they had there was no time to gel because there was always one or two or sometimes three guys out. There were. Way too many games where they had eight or nine guys available. And with one of them being Udonis Haslam, like, <clears throat> when you really look at it, they they had no – there was no chance for them to coalesce or gel or even come together. They just and, – and and for a team that new, that, that just – for them to just be trying to get to know each other – for to be missing half the starting lineup for most of the beginning of the season, like it, it makes sense now when you look back on it. But in the middle of it, it just seemed like man, it just seemed like this team just couldn't get their act together. Yeah, and they also they played so many close games. You know, all those clutch games Spolster talked about, and they missed. They lost so many games by like two or three buckets, and they were right there. Just it was taking a while, and yeah, the Winslow thing was obviously interesting, but and you and you look at it now. When you look at the end of games, you look. They seem like they have a plan. They 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 know what to do at the end of a close game now. Whereas in the beginning of the year, those are those are the things that take time. Like we downplay a lot of the a lot of the uh, intangible stuff, but that that stuff takes time. Where you have to know what's going on the last two minutes of a game. 
Who can you rely on? Who is who's a guy that can get to get to a spot and get a shot off? Like you need to know these things um, for these close games because you saw it happen. I mean, they would fight and fight and fight. Comes down to last four, three, two minutes, and it just would get away from them. Um, and it and and then now you see uh, where do they go? They go to Dion. Um, they go to James Johnson. I mean, that is not Dragic's forte. Those last two minutes. So they just had to learn these things, and and we're 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 kind of seeing the fruits of that now. Yeah, it, it's sad though because you see how good Dragic is this year and how efficient he's been, and I just keep thinking back, and I know last season's done and over with, but if Wade, and I know it's not just Wade, it's everybody, but if it, like Joe Johnson, everybody, Lil Dang, if they had adjusted last year and and really gave Goran the reins as being the engine of the offense, the facilitator. It makes you wonder how much better they would have been. I know Whiteside's injury obviously derailed things, but it's clear that that they would have been optimized offensively going through Goran. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna harken back on last year, I mean, the biggest issue was to me, uh, as I remember it. But you know, the, those games are washed away in a lot of alcohol and uh, <laughs> misery. But from what I remember, Joe Johnson was maddening. Right. Like he he was so bad. Right. But because his name is Joe Johnson, he got the ball more than Goron. And it 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 really it, it just highlighted sometimes like what what we do in this league when we're watching it and we, we see names um and we get so excited about these names because we know the names and Joe Johnson is a name we know and we just watched him just be God awful yeah. in that Toronto those series. C- those cement feet. Defensively, watching him, I mean, I pounded whiskey in that series with, with those <laughs> the cement feet. Man, somebody oh. th- that liquor store down the street got real rich off. Of it. <laughs> I was drink. I mean, there was so much vodka consumed over Bismarck <laughs> Biombo, and that. I mean, it was still a good series, but you look back on it now, and you you say. If some of that, some of those possessions, if it was more Goron and Wade playing a two-man game, or um, just anybody but Joe Johnson, God, he was bad. Yeah, he really was. Uh, but you know, listen, bygones be bygones. Um, one of the best things that's happened this year is that we got rid of some of those names, and um, Goron has been able to kind of just take over. Now, let me ask you something. I know Dion Waiters has been out. Let's say he's going to be healthy for the playoffs, and all indications are he will be. Going into the playoffs this year versus last year, which team would you take? I'd take last year's team. Yeah. I still would. Just because I trust Dwayne Wade. Because really, Dion is playing that Dwayne Wade role as a closer. Um, the, one of the differences is Goron has more of the control in the first three and a half quarters, and then they kind of leave it to Dion. I trust Dwayne Wade a lot more than I trust Deion Waiters. Um, and then I don't – I trust Luol Deng, and I trust some of these other guys uh, from last year more than I trust Babbitt and Magruder. And listen, they could prove me wrong. I'd be I, – I mean, I'd love for them to prove me wrong. Um, but they're still – I love this team. I, I, I've said it before, top three favorite team to watch. They've just been so much fun. I love how scrappy they are. The offense is fun to watch. The defense is can be suffocating at times. Um, but at the end of it, it still seems a little fluky to me. I know I sound. I know it's it, it, it sounds does, bad, but, but the sample keeps growing. And I know lately they haven't been as dominant, but Dion has a big part of it. What's interesting, if you look, I was just looking now, uh, comparing last year, February onward. 
and this year, February onward, just looking at their net efficiency, uh, last year's team was a, a 3.7 heading into the postseason. So February, March, and I guess part of April. This year right now, they're a 7. So they're almost twice, I know it, twice man, as but efficient. I, it's crazy. I, I But I – call me crazy. I feel better going into battle with Lou Aldang and Dwayne Wade instead of – you know, Luke Babbitt and uh, Dion yeah, Waiters. Yeah, I mean, there's a point to that because in the play, the playoffs are obviously a whole different game. You know, the, the pace slows. Goran's not going to be able to do as much in transition. Shots are going to be tougher to come by. So you need that creating. And Dwayne Wade was obviously an unbelievable uh, creator, especially in that Charlotte series and into the Toronto series. But, yeah, obviously Whiteside derailed things. But, I mean, they're interesting. And let me ask you another thing. With the way Cleveland's playing right now, since uh, I think since February 1st, they've had the second worst defense in the league. Really the worst defense in the league because we don't consider the Lakers as a legitimate franchise. No. So the worst defense <laughs> in the league since February 1st, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, that's I know they have a switch, but that's got to be concerning. You know, that's I, I, I don't I don't fear them as much as a lot of other people do. That's un, I mean, for them to be that bad defensively, that's not a switch, man. That's right. um. That and, and, and it goes back to one of the things I was saying earlier, where people get excited about names. Darren Williams. Oh, I know who he is. <laughs> uh, Derek Williams. Oh, he was a high draft pick. Um, uh, Bogut. Uh, Richard Jefferson. Uh, Kyle Korver. I know these people. A lot, they're, of, they're, a lot of top three picks on that team. I have a, I have basketball co- cards with their faces on them. Like people get so excited. Right. But at the end of the day, um, those guys are. Either they're old, they're broken, they're not very good, um, and those are the guys that you're relying on uh, for your defense, right? So, I mean, when you have Darren Williams and Kyle Korver and you have these guys out there, Richard Jefferson, what kind of defense do you expect, especially when LeBron isn't really leading the charge on it? Right. Um, I mean, the the one guy you got out there that you say is going to give his all and on every possession is Tristan Thompson. <laughs> Who else? Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, who would, you, who would you rather play? I mean, it's all it's likely they're going to be a seven. The Heat, if they get in, they're probably going to be seven or eight, most likely. I mean, I think Atlanta stinks, and I can easily see them slipping all the way down to eight. I yeah, just Atlanta's don't think they're awful, very. Yeah. I don't think they're very good. Yeah, I mean, you look at them; they're they're they have a minus point differential on the season. I think Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is better than us right now. I think they're better I think, than Atlanta. I, and I, six, I actually seven, said this. I actually said this to Sedano. I think right now with Middleton healthy, the Bucks might be the second or third best team in the East. I, I agree with you. I think they absolutely have that kind of potential. And then in the postseason, you need that superstar impact, typically, historically, and, and they clearly have that with the Greek Freak. But who would you rather play if you're Miami, if it's between Boston and Cleveland? Because I know the answer was easy a month ago because I kept expecting them to turn it up and improve, but I think it's almost a toss-up now. Um, as far as okay, so there's there's it's, to me it's two different questions. Who do you think you could? Who do you think you have a better chance of beating? I think we have a better chance of beating Boston. Um, I don't see us beating either of them, but I think that it would be a better uh, a better matchup for us would be Boston. I think we'd have a I think we'd have a puncher's chance against them. Um, what would I What would I rather see? I'd rather for the fan in me, I'd rather see Cleveland it's because a, listen. Yeah. If we're going to go out in the first round, at least let me have a series against LeBron. Right. Like, let me and have at that. Least, as... At least make him sweat profusely, too. Because yeah, I think he would. Me... I think he would. 
as founder of Team Petty, man, let me have that, man. I want that. Like, I lost my Petty when he won his championship, but man, I would it would come back so quickly. Yeah, it would be so, so much quickly. fun. It would be so much fun to rally against Cleveland again. Uh, and I, I agree. I don't think they would beat them in a series, but with how bad they are defensively, like, look at it. They're like they're still a great t- offensive team. I think they're top two, top three in the league offensive efficiency the last two months. But they're they're bottom three in defense efficiency, and historically. A team that's that imbalanced isn't as much of a threat in the postseason. But then you say, well, how much do we toss that away because they won the title last year? How much are they coasting and how much do we factor in the LeBron I don't see this. I, I don't think they're coasting, man. I really don't. I think because the games that, okay, they rest, right? Mm-hmm. They lose a game when LeBron rests. And then they come out, like when they came out against the Heat in Cleveland. And they wanted to win that game. Everybody played, and they right. couldn't beat them. Right. It's, there's a lot of these games that are ha- like where they come out like, okay, everyone's rested, let's go, and they lose. Like they keep losing these games. So I don't really see it as a, as a, as a. I mean, there is a little bit of relaxation after you win a title. But if you look at that 2014 Heat team, um, when Battier was, I think they were going into, they were ranked like 12th defensively. Going into the playoffs, and Battier said he knew then that they didn't have a chance because they just weren't good enough defensively. Now we're going from twelfth to like twenty eighth, twenty ninth. Like that's that's significant, man. Like it's 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 a bad omen. Yeah, it really is. I would love to see that. I really want to see a Miami Cleveland matchup, even if it means that you have a fifty percent less chance of going into the second round. I just it would be so much fun, and especially because of how different Cleveland is on the road. Like, defensively on the road, I think they're they're even more futile than they are now. I, I think I, the games would be fun, man. They would yeah. be fun. There'd be, there's so much more juice to it. Right. Um, and, and the thing is, with, with Heat Twitter and Celtics Twitter, those games would be pretty lit, too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, because <laughs> yeah. we hate them because we think they're racist. And they, <laughs> and they hate us because we're brown and I mean, tan. I think the whole country thinks they're racist, too. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, and, like, we could be two more diametrically opposed cities. Right. Um, right. Boston and Miami. So, that would be – it's still good. It would still be fun, man. But I don't even want to get ahead of myself. Make the playoffs. That's all I care about. But if I'm going to choose, yeah, I want the matchup with a little more juice. Like we're not winning a title this year, so give me the matchup with more juice, with, with more with more entertainment value. No, I'm with you absolutely. And uh, moving a little forward to the to the off season, if you could only choose one, like let's say they just the pieces around them, it just doesn't work. You could bring back Dion Waiters at I don't know, he, he's young, so let's say let's say 15 mil a year for Dion Waiters. And let's say James Johnson in the ten to twelve range. I know he's a little older. You can only bring back one. Who's it going to be? I mean, I'm bringing back James Johnson. Um, I like I like what Dion's done. I, I I I've enjoyed watching him play, but I'm really not on Waiters Island. Um, like I I wouldn't pay Dion more than ten million a year, and I know that sounds crazy. I know people are talking about oh he's going to demand the max. People need to calm down, all right. <laughs> like I know there's some dumb GMs in this league, but a lot of people are going to see. Are I think a lot of people are going to chalk what Dion's doing up to the system that he's in. They're going to chalk it up to Eric Spolstra, and they're going to say we do not have the system or the organization here to replicate what he did in Miami. Right. Um, so I don't think he's going to get this crazy deal. And if he does, man, more power to him because I like the guy. Like, I think he's a good dude. Like, I, I, I've enjoyed his time down here. Um, 
But when it comes to James Johnson, what he, his versatility, like under Eric Spolstra, is like a godsend. Like that's the guy Eric needs at the power forward. Um, I, you know, if he if he comes back at twelve to fourteen million, um, I hope he would start next year. Um, Absolutely. But that's the guy. Like when you when you look at going forward, uh, the 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 power forward position in this league. Like you want a guy like James Johnson? Like no, I I think that's I think he is the the future. Absolutely, it sucks because I, I I feel for him because he's I agree with you. I, I would choose Johnson over Waiters because of the versatility, and I can see Waiters coming back, but only if it's on a shorter deal. And I'm not sure if he would be smart to do that. Maybe you maybe you pay him more and bring him back shorter. I know Briley's all about flexibility. Uh, assuming they strike out on the other whales and, and so forth, I would bring them back, bring both of them back, and then take your first-round pick and then factor in Justice Winslow and hope to build on it. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. I just I don't, I don't trust waiters. I know Johnson can be a little wild and erratic, but he just does so many different things for you. When he's not scoring, he's helping you defend. You know, when he's, when he's not – when he's scoring and he's not – maybe he's getting his ass kicked defensively, which really rarely happens. He's at least creating for others. Like, he does so many different things, so many different winning plays. Yeah, he, he, yeah he's, he's a winning player. I mean, Absolutely. he's, he's diet uh, Draymond Green right now for us. Yeah. Like, that's what it's he really is. though that he's, he's 30 years old and we're just now – like, we've never seen this. Nobody's ever seen this. I don't – I've never – I can't remember a guy – and I know the numbers don't – the thing with the, the thing is – like unless you're watching them play, and I know people see the highlight dunks and they look at the recent stats, but the numbers don't really reflect what we're seeing on a game-to-game basis from James Johnson. No, because there's so much more to it. it the all-around game, um, like you said, the little things that he does, and I think in the past, like he showed flashes, right? But he just could not. He he he, he did not have the consistency. And I also think what happened with him coming here, where I think. At the beginning of the year, a lot of people put Derek Williams ahead of him, right. and um, right. in the depth chart, I did in my in my preseason preview for uh, Heat Beat. I said, I you know, I said Derek Williams is going to be the uh, breakout star. Well, <laughs> I was wrong, but I also said that you're only going to be able to get one of them uh, to be good this year. It's going to be Derek Williams or James Johnson. There's no way they're bo- they'll both be good. Um, so it ended up being James Johnson, and I think what kind of happened is when you saw Derek Williams kind of just not be able to fit in, it created this opportunity for him. And also, like, this is probably the first time he's ever been trusted right. with, hey, bring the ball up, man. Just just create. Like, we have one point guard on this whole team, so somebody else has to take some of these duties. And he's just been trusted. He's been given the opportunity, and you, and you kind of just see what's happened. Yeah, I'm not, I, and I, I like going back on what you said. You said, I'd like to see him start next year. I'm with you. I know – I know Spo likes to stick with what's what's winning, but I mean Luke Babbitt in the long run, you're probably not going to be able to come close to contending if he's a bit playing a big role in your team. You know, he's just too yeah. one dimensional. <laughs> and now he's been he hasn't been a complete lost cause on defense, but he's certainly not helping you there. So you have James Johnson there, and and I know they like to have Tyler with him. So you could start Tyler too. I mean, those are the best five. That's the group that should be finishing anyway. Outside of Dion, if he's hot, obviously you want to ride him. But well, watching. Oh, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, see, I, I like I like Babbitt. I like he he competes. Um, right. But like but like you're saying, like that's not a you know Luke Babbitt as your starting power forward. Right. And <laughs> he's an eleven. He's an eleven to fourteen rotation guy. You know, yes. he's like the backup backup rotation. You'll be happy yes. with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
But all right, so whale watching this summer, I'd like you to kind of rank the options. I, I'm I'm kind of ignoring I'm ignoring Steph Curry. I'm ignoring Kevin Durant. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't see them going, and if they do, I just don't see them being an option. Gordon Hayward could legitimately be the uh, the best, most available superstar on the market. And what do you think about him and his fit in Miami? If if it's a plausible scenario, and if if he should be number one on their list. Well, to me, um, and I know people think I'm crazy. People say I'm crazy all the time for it, <laughs> but to me, number one on the list should be Blake Griffin. Okay, and. I know people say, oh, he won't leave. But how many years is he going to bang his head against the ceiling of the Western Conference? Like, now he is, they are fourth in line. They're not better than the Spurs. They're not better than the Warriors. And they're not better than the Rockets. And all they're doing is getting older. Um, like, they don't have a lot of great young talent on that team. I mean, um, I think everyone's starting to see Doc Rivers isn't a very good coach. And they also don't have a very good organization. So at some point, like, Blake Griffin, unless he wants to be Carmelo, right, is going to have to wake up, look around, and find a better situation. And I, I could see Pat Riley sitting down with him and convincing him that, listen, um, we made the playoffs with Luke Babbitt as our starting power forward. Um, imagine if it was Blake Griffin. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there could be a pitch there um, that could make a lot of sense. Um, but and then second in line, of course, Gordon Hayward would be would be a great fit here. Um, I see, I could see him coming in a small forward, and you starting Justice at the four, and uh, like that excites the hell out of me. Like I, I like that. That's a, I mean, that's a top three Eastern Conference team in my opinion. See, I think I think Blake Griffin is a better overall player right now than Gordon Hayward, no question individually. But as a fit, I think I think next to a guy like Whiteside. I mean, Gordon, I think, can play a lot of four here, and I think it would be interesting to see him at the four a lot, and then you have that shooting element. Just him being the superior shooter, I think he would be a better fit than Blake, just because the Blake-Whiteside fit, it's, I mean, you think about it, Whiteside and Bosch didn't exactly thrive together, and Bosch had a great outside jumper, whereas yeah. Blake's jumper, at least from the three-point line, is, is average or, or below average. So I'm all aboard the Gordon Hayward train, although – some question whether you can win and contend with him as your best player or second best player, but if you can still build over the team aspect, you take last year and you could if you re-sign James Johnson with him, I think it'd be a really really interesting team, especially in the East. You know, the competition in the East is it's completely up for grabs. Yeah, they catapult. I mean, with either of those guys, they put themselves into top three. I think top three conversation in right. the East, right? I think so. And um. I, I think you just make your pitch to both of those guys and see who bites. Um, because even even Blake, yeah, his outside shot isn't great, but he's a really, really good passer. Mm-hmm. Um, he brings some of those things that Bosch brought um, without the shooting. And I feel like he has never been challenged defensively. Um, I feel with his athleticism and his size, he should be a much better defender than he is. And I, I think if you brought him down here, you know he's going to be challenged in that aspect. Absolutely. So. I, I kind of look at when I when when we start looking at whales and we start looking at free agents and what the Heat can or can't do. I kind of also start putting them in the prism of, well, what has the Heat done for some of these free agents in the past? I mean, Bosch was not a three point shooter before he got here. Um, Bosch was a good defender, but he became a great defender here, like the anchor of a defense. Um, it's fair. So it's I that s- Miami Heat culture boost. You know, it's crazy, but you have to factor it in. 
you you really do like getting guys in shape um you know like people were talking about Carmelo and I don't want Carmelo anywhere near my team <laughs> but but man if like they could make him take that sweater off that he wears and uh you know lose see, about 30 See pounds. I'm actually I'm actually a little intrigued there let's say you strike out on on Blake and and Hayward and you have no chance in the the Jimmy Butler, Paul George running, I would actually consider taking, if I'm not giving up much, if it's maybe that mid to late first round pick and that's it, and then you're absorbing the deal into Bosch's space, I, it's intriguing. Because if, if you get him to really buy in and you have him play the four, and you, you have him buy into the team aspect, which obviously the ball, it's never happened because he's always stuck to the ball and he's always dominated the ball. And you, you think a guy like that with Dragic and maybe Waiters, if he comes back too, it just wouldn't work. But if they can get him to buy in and really go team first, I think it can be a fascinating little reincarnation project. Of course it would, but it's, it's, it's Carmelo, man. <laughs> but at the same time, what I mean, what leaders has Carmelo really had? Like, has he been in an organization that, with as much structure and as as rigid? Because he, the thing is, he'd have to know the deal before he came here, right? Like, yeah, it would be discussed, it would be laid out, it'd be like, okay, this is what's gonna happen. Like, dude, we're gonna take a picture of you with your shirt off. Don't cry <laughs> about it. Like, yeah. take that thermal that you wear under your jersey. Take all that off. We're taking right. a picture right. of you. Right. And if you have you, a little man boobs, it's okay. We're yeah, gonna get we're gonna, gonna get rid of that. We're gonna suck yeah, all that out. <laughs> We're going to transform you. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to be a tubby little uh, tubby little small forward anymore. We're going to make you into a power forward. We're right. gonna, and, you know, you're going to use those skills that you have. I, I feel like, yeah, maybe maybe it could work, but I, I just don't trust Melo. I really don't. I don't trust him either, but I also think he gets a little bit of a bad rep just being in the situation he's been in. You know, he, he obviously hasn't had a lot of structure. He's a great player, one of the all-time great scorers, especially one-on-one, and he's just – he might not be the best fit for this era, but if he can adjust, he there's still a chance for him to reinvent his game. But the thing is, he should have done it a few years ago. Like He had a chance to go to Chicago, and that looked like a legit contender if they added him. And he declined for more money in the Big Apple. So I'm just Mello's not sure made his own. He's made his own bed, man. Yeah. Um, and, and that's like, that would be, I mean, could you imagine that kind of, that reclamation project, right? Yeah. Mello comes down here and becomes a winner. I mean... Uh, I mean, Spo would be le- Spo would be a legend. He, Spo he, would, and it really, he really would be, and it would also be the ultimate fuck you to Phil Jackson, like Pat Riley saying, <laughs> "Here, I'm taking your, I'm taking." I guess we can curse here. Yeah, I'm not, we're not on the radio. Fuck that. All right, so he's to gonna say, say we can curse? "Yeah, I mean, why, why not?" He so he goes, "I'm gonna Pat Riley. I'm gonna take Phil Jackson. You know, he, who obviously has a tremendous ego of his own. I'm gonna take your." Your trash superstar and and turn them into gold again and just just grin at them whenever they play each other and just say look yep. look at this uh, it would be such a Pat Riley move that you know what you you you've turned me on it man I mean um, it, it, think about it as the the alternative to bringing back the same team I think I'd I'd rather roll the dice there and I I absolutely would prioritize other guys first this is a fallback fallback option but I mean Pat Riley's just not he's not gonna sit tight. He's just not going to sit pat, quote unquote. You know the pun. Yeah, actually. they're not running back it. this team next year. Yeah. I, I they they're going to try something. They got to try something. You also you do factor in. Hey, Winslow's coming back. We're going to get a draft pick, and maybe they'll they'll ship that for somebody else. But so they will have more. But they clearly need a little more juice offensively if they want to go. Yeah. Far. Yep. All right. I agree. All right. I'm gonna, I'm going to let you go. I don't want to take any more of your time, but I really appreciate you joining me and. Uh, 
maybe watch the Cavaliers get blown out by the Bulls tonight, although we want the Cavs to win tonight. So no, we act, we're, we're rooting for the Cavs, unfortunately. Yeah, but that, that just feels dirty. I, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, it sucks, but I, I, I'll, I'll just be pulling up the ESPN app. I'm not watching it. So. All right, stay cool on Heat Island, man. <laughs> All right, man. All right.